The Korean Thrive Podcast, episode 170. How to take product photos with your smartphone. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hey there, Thrivers. Happy New Year. It is 2019 and I'm back with a whole new year of podcasts for you. I hope you enjoyed the summer series. If you missed that, make sure to check out those are the highlights from 2018. And of course, we're kicking off the year with a bang. Uh, I'm currently running the Look Back Move Forward free mini course. Uh, and next week, I'm going to be starting the Handmade Business Bootcamp. So that starts on the 7th of January. And if you have been around for a while, you've probably heard about the bootcamp before. I've run it a few times in the past. And what it is is a 21-day course, so a three-week course for members of the Thrivers Circle. So if you're not already a member, you can join up right now and jump on board for that course. The idea is to get you really clear and also help you to create a rock solid plan for what you're going to do with your business in 2019. So there are three modules. Number one is purpose. So you're going to be talking about figuring out or or rediscovering your why, your motivation, your core values, your ultimate goal for your business, all of these really important big picture tasks that, you know, sometimes we can forget and lose in the nitty gritty every day of just filling orders and answering emails and keeping up with social media sometimes we lose track or we've never actually stopped and thought about the why what's the big picture here why am i doing this and why that's important is because it keeps you motivated when things get tough if you have a really strong why it keeps you going when you come up against challenges module two week two we're going to be talking about planning so i'm going to actually take you through the process of planning your year using my top three priorities planning method that I teach in the circle. So the beautiful thing about this method is you can plan from a huge, like a year or even three years or five years, all the way down to the day level using the same system. And the idea is to help you break down those big, overwhelming goals that seem like you can never actually get them done into the small little steps that you can take day by day to actually get those goals achieved. So in week two, we're going to work through that and you're going to plan out your year and your quarters and your your weeks and your months and get an overview for what your year is going to look like and how you're going to get to where you want to go. And week three is all about promotion. So we're going to be going through marketing and I'm going to help you to create a marketing plan that works for you and your business because it's going to be different for everybody. But I'm going to take you through the steps to think about in order to create a plan and hopefully, more importantly, create a habit or a system that will help you to make sure that you're marketing regularly, because that is what makes the difference. Um, Sean Wes always talks about uh, showing up for two years. And, you know, if you show up every day for two years, you're going to be successful because it's all about consistency. It's all about showing up over and over and over again, even when it's hard, even when it's boring, because by showing up, you stay visible and you build that um, community. You build that awareness around what you do and who you are. So we're going to be talking about that and working through a plan and you're going to be creating a plan to make sure that your business becomes visible, stays visible, and you can tell your story to your ideal customer. 
So if you want to join us for that, you've got a few days left as of I publish uh, as of when I'm publishing this. As I said, class starts on the 7th of January and I'm actually going to be closing the doors to the circle uh, a few days after that. I haven't got an exact date in mind, but probably a day or two after that, I'm actually going to be closing membership for a couple of months. So if you've been on the fence about joining, you've been thinking about doing it for a while, don't miss out. Uh, I will be closing the doors for a couple of months time. Uh, and I really want to you know, invite you to join us for this course because the whole point of it is to really get you thinking in detail about your business rather than just hitting the ground running and uh, lurching from urgent thing to urgent thing from, you know, order to email to Facebook post rather than just feeling like you're on a treadmill, the hamster wheel. Uh, I want you to take the time at the beginning of the year to really plan what your year is going to look like because that will set you up to be successful this year. So to join us, head on over to thrivercircle.com forward slash bootcamp or just thrivercircle.com. The link's on the main page and you can sign up right now to join us in the circle. Now, if you know, you've thought, eh, you know, Thriver Circle, don't feel like that's for me right now. It's not something I need. That's cool, man. If you just want to sign up for the month and do the course, you can absolutely do that. Uh, it, all you need to do is sign up for the month and maintain your membership for the month and you'll get access to the whole course. Of course, you know, I think once you join, you'll probably fall in love with the community just like I have because they're an amazing bunch of people. But it's absolutely fine because membership is by the month. There is no lock in um, yearly or anything like that. You come and join the circle when it, you know, it's a good time for you and you can leave at any time as well. And the monthly membership fee is 29 Australian dollars. So of course that's going to be different in your currency. I think it's something like 22 US dollars, um, 18 or 19 pounds or euro at the moment. So, uh, you know, head on over, join up and, uh, come and join us for the handmade business boot camp. It's going to be awesome. A lesson every day throughout the remainder of January, pretty much. And it'll keep you on track and help you to really make those dreams into a reality for 2019 for your handmade business. Now, one of those things that people struggle with a lot, and I've talked about a lot before, is product photography. If you're selling online, product photography is so incredibly crucial because people can't pick it up. They can't feel it. They can't try it on. All they're going off are your photos, really. That's the most important thing. But what if you can't afford a DSLR or you don't have a fancy camera? Can you just use your smartphone? The answer is yes, of course you can, especially these days, they are so powerful. But there are lots of tricks and tips that will make it better, that will enable you to take really high quality photos with your smartphone. And in this episode, I've brought on an expert. Chaitra from Pink Pot Studio specializes in just this, learning how to take amazing photos with your smartphone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android phone, doesn't matter. Uh, we're going to be covering all of the details of how to do that and how to do it well, not only how to take the photos, but also how to edit them on your phone so that you have high quality product photos for your handmade shop just by using your smartphone. So if that sounds like something that you would find super helpful, this is the episode for you. I hope you enjoy it and let's get started. 
Hello, Chaitra. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too, because what we're going to be talking about today is something that a lot of people really need to learn more about, and that is iPhone or smartphone photography, specifically product photography. So it's very exciting. But before we dive into the nitty gritty, I would love to know a little bit more about how you got into this, because it's not really what you trained in. You have a very interesting history, education and work history as well. Right. Yeah. So I am a professionally a software engineer. <laughs> so, yeah. So I came to the US about four years ago and I was doing research at Carnegie Mellon University, all techie geek stuff. Um, so in the evenings, I had a lot of time. And so I started a lifestyle blog on the side. Um, and as I was writing about just generic life stuff, uh, people started noticing more about uh, more about the design and photography aspects of my blog and they started asking questions about oh how did you uh, manage to you know uh, achieve this particular design feature on your blog or uh, some something related to html css that kind of a thing so mm-hmm. i started writing more about uh, these design tips and tutorials on my blog uh, and that seemed to take off much, much more uh, than my lifestyle stuff. So <laughs> that's how I got into this side uh, of it. And uh, once the design tutorials took off, I started an Etsy shop uh, which sells blogger and uh, uh, blogger website templates for blogger.com. Do you remember? I mean, many people still yes. blogger.com. <laughs> blogger. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I started selling templates and the Etsy shop took off really well to in about, uh, you know, to, in fact, the very first month was good, I think, because of the blogging audience that I had built up, my Etsy sales were pretty good. So that is how I got started with my design business. Um, and eventually, I quit my job after maybe six to eight months on Etsy. And I started my design business full time. So I and photography developed uh, on the side as a passion. Um, so yeah, that's a, so now uh, I run a design and photography studio for creative uh, entrepreneurs. So on the design side of things, I work on developing websites and on the photography side of things, I teach e-courses and do product photography as well. I love that. It's just, it's kind of like you had a side thing and then you have a side thing on your side thing and they've, <laughs> they've become your main thing. That sounds yes. exactly like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love your jewelry shop and how oh, you- thank yeah and how you help makers with the educational side of things as well it's really it's a really rewarding type of work isn't it yeah so we are going to be helping you my friends today with your photography specifically using your iphone and your smartphone because i know these days a lot of you know the cameras on those things these days are just amazing and you know i still have my old dslr which i use for most of my product photography but honestly pretty much Anything that's not a, an actual product photo you see on my Instagram or anywhere else, I just use my phone and I have for years. Yeah. And they're so powerful now and the editing you, you can do on them is really powerful as well. And I know for a lot of people, they feel like, oh, you know, I don't have a, a fancy camera. Can I mm-hmm. still photograph my stuff to a good enough standard to put it in, you know, product photography in my shop? And your answer to that would be? Absolutely, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, In fact, I started off with a DSLR as well. Obviously, right? That's the thing you're told is like the best. 
And so I spent like days together borrowing my DSLR, borrowing a DSLR from my university library and practicing at home and returning it the next day because DSLRs are expensive and you don't want to invest in them unless you're sure that, you know, it's going to bring in some return or you're going to really use it. Um, mm. So uh, that's how I started my photography journey. But I remember once what happened was I was doing a photo shoot for a client and my DSLR um, gave up on me. I think the battery died or some the software just stopped working or something like oh, that no. happened. Yeah. And the only thing I was left with was my iPhone. And I had to get the photo shoot going because I had to deliver the photos. Um, and I was like, okay, let's just do the best with what we have. And I thought, <laughs> did the entire photo shoot with my iPhone. Um, and guess what? Actually, the photos turned out really beautiful. And I was later while editing, comparing the uh, DSLR photos from other shoots and my iPhone photos from this shoot. And I really couldn't tell the difference. They really looked high quality, high resolution. And, the you know, just the quality was excellent. So that's mm -hmm. when I kind of, that's how I kind of stumbled upon iPhone photography and discovered, you know, their power, how powerful uh, iPhone photos are. That's fantastic. So can we talk a little bit about the specs before we get onto anything else? Because I think it's important, like not all phone cameras are equal, right? And there might be, you know, iPhones particularly have, you know, certain specifications, other smartphones, uh, you know, have different ones. Are there certain numbers or things people need to look for when they're considering, hey, is my smartphone going to take really awesome photos or settings as well, but we can get to that. Yeah. Uh, so with the iPhone, um, specifically any version after I think the 4S, 5S, that 4 or 5 generation, fourth or 5 generation, fifth generation is uh, good. So I started using iPhone 6, 7, 8. It, it, I've observed that Apple just continuously tries to improve their camera on the phones. So every year it just gets only better, if not anything else. And on the other side, Android phones are extremely good too. Like the camera quality on some phones like Samsung um, are really, really good. So any Android or iPhone, um, you know, iPhones should really, really do the job. Um, yeah. That's really awesome to know. So, you know, if you've got it, you can use it. Yeah. And let's get into you know, do you use the inbuilt camera? Are there camera apps people should be using? Yes. So this this is a very good question. So when it comes to the iPhone specifically, I use the inbuilt camera app, which is really, really powerful. Uh, but I always talk about how the iPhone can, you know, transform itself to a, into a DSLR. And for that, I have a couple of app recommendations, which you can, which are available on both Android and iPhone. So if... Yeah, so if product sellers want to use either of these, uh, they can do to you kind of equip their phones and make it into a DSLR. So two of my favorite apps for this are, uh, one is called the Pro Camera app. And I'm, I'm, I'll make sure to send uh, Jess the link so she can uh, link it in the show notes. Um, so Pro Camera and Camera Plus. These two are like my favorite apps which kind of transform your phone into a DSLR and kind of equips it with all kinds of DSLR high advanced features. Yeah. I love that. Sounds really exciting. So you can just, you know, you have the power yeah. of the DSLR within your camera. 
yes, and we will put the links to those in the show notes. So head on over to createthrive.com and just look for this episode and you will see the links to those there. So we've got those two apps. Now, what are the sort of things that people need to be looking at in those apps to make sure that their photos are going to be top-notch? Um, the first thing is, I guess, lighting. Um, so in particularly, these apps help you adjust um, the lighting even more than the built-in camera apps. So they give you access to um, the ISO, which you can use to um, you know, really increase the light in your photos or kind of bring it down. And it also gives you access to the aperture, um, which is the f-stop, which you can adjust and um, again, increase and kind of customize the lighting in your scene. So these two things, especially, uh, you know, related to lighting. And apart from this, you can adjust the uh, zoom in your photos, and which I'll talk a little more about after, after this. But uh, you can adjust the zoom. You can also take macro shots of your products, especially in the Camera Plus app. There is a special feature called macro, which really helps you take uh, take those close-up shots of your products, especially like if you have very, uh, you know, detail-oriented products, which you want to kind of show better in your photos, uh, then you can use that feature. So there are lots of uh, different features that you can explore um, using these apps. So, but lighting, macro, zoom, there are a lot of other things you can play around as well, but these three are my main recommendations. I think that's fantastic because honestly, I think 99.8% of us, those are the only settings we're going to fiddle with on our DSLR anyway, aren't they? You know, so. Yeah, that's so true. If you can do them on the, on the iPhone or the smartphone, why not just do that? Yeah. Um, So ISO, let's talk a little bit quickly about those two features, the ISO and the F-stop. Yeah. Um, those who don't uh, understand the terminology so the f-stop is about focal distance right or like how much of the image is in focus yes exactly so uh, when you're using a lower f-stop let's say like 1.2 to 1.8 or um, when you're using basically a lower f-stop what happens is you get that blurry background in your photos have you observed that where the product is very much in focus but you but the background is kind of blurred out which brings that you know really sharp uh, sharpness to your uh, photo uh, product in the center so that is what aperture does it kind of blurs out the background um, and kind of brings the uh, product into more detail and sharpness which really makes your photos pop if you've observed those bokeh photos right some mm. photos, like the background is kind of blurred out and this um, product is really sharp so that's what the f-stop does so but as your f-stop increases which means as you start going about like three four and five and so on uh, that blurriness kind of decreases and everything in the scene comes into focus so you don't get that bokeh effect anymore so if you want that bokeh effect in your photos you want to keep the f-stop really really low like as in 1.2 to maybe 1.8 that's what i would recommend and that's really fantastic for uh you know if you if you want to have a product in the foreground and have a background sort of 
a ways away from it and you can right. just blur out the detail so that your, your product's really uh, the star of the show. Exactly. Uh, but also I do this a little bit with my jewellery sometimes. If I'm mm-hmm. doing really close-up shots, mm-hmm. uh, for example, something that has a gemstone, I'll focus right on the gemstone in some of my photos and have the f-stop set so sort of the chain trailing off into the distance will get a bit blurry like to give it just a bit of an artistic effect yeah Um, so that's the sort of thing you can play around as well which is really fun right exactly yeah yeah and the iso what does that control exactly uh, that is basically again uh, another light uh, light setting. So the uh, it's basically you're controlling the amount of light entering your camera. So on really dark, cloudy days, right? You want to keep uh, you can increase the ISO because the shutter speed is not really alterable in your um, phone. Uh, mm. The only things that you can change is the aperture and the ISO. So what you can do with the ISO is on cloudy days, uh, that, that's when I, used, uh, I like to bring in the ISO into its uh, effect. So on really cloudy days when there's not much light, um, that is when you want to go up on the ISO. So you can go up to 400 to 800 is my normal good range. If you have really good lighting, I would keep it to 100 or 200. Um, but if, if it's really cloudy and really dark and you have to take photos, then you can go a little more about like maybe up to 1,000, 1,200. But the problem with increasing the ISO too much is that it creates grain in your photos. You know, you observe mm-hmm. that kind of... Um, no, it, it decreases the resolution. I feel like it makes your photo more grainy and blurry overall. So yeah. that's why I wouldn't recommend going very high on the ISO. Uh, just a very sweet spot, I guess, is between 400 to 800. And I just, I guess ideally, you know, you're going to have hopefully some fill lights or some extra studio lights to make sure that you have enough light because light is the key to good photography, isn't it? Like you need the right light to make yes. a good photo. Yes, absolutely. I usually recommend using natural light for, uh, uh, you know, for your photos. So usually I recommend finding the largest window or door or something through which you get natural light and setting up your scene right next to it. Uh, But I completely understand some of, um, you know, some of the handmade business owners might be working during the day and this might be a side hustle. So in that case, you can use artificial lighting that imitates uh, natural light. But whenever you get a chance, I would recommend going the natural route because I feel like it brings that freshness and crispness to your photos, mm. which the artificial light, with which artificial light, it's really hard to replicate. But I do have an artificial lighting kit that I recommend. Again, I can link that uh, to Jess in the show notes. Um, yeah. Uh, that that's one that does a really good job in artificial lighting photos. That would be excellent. Thank you so much. Okay. So we've talked about our ISO, how much light's coming in. We've talked about um, the F-stop. Obviously we want to be taking these photos at the highest resolution possible, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. We want to make sure we set it at the top resolution. Um, So before we kind of move on to some of the other elements of this, Do you think it's really important when people are taking product photos to kind of learn this stuff and get away from the the old automatic setting? Oh, yes, absolutely. So with automatic setting, what really happens, even for people using their DSLR, if you're just using the automatic mode, then I feel like the whole purpose of using a DSLR is kind of defeated because using a DSLR you know, that is what is the amazing part. You can customize and you can really go into the settings and 
adjust the lighting perfectly according to your own needs so get away from the auto mode get into the manual, <laughs> get into the manual mode for sure it's a little hard at the beginning because you need to understand this exposure triangle that i was talking about so exposure triangle is nothing it's a concept where you are adjusting the aperture iso and the shutter speed all together to kind of come to that optimal lighting for your scene so yeah, uh, I would definitely recommend getting more into manual. It's just about figuring out if these settings, like how they work with each other. Um, like if you increase the aperture, sometimes you'll have to decrease the ISO. And sometimes if you increase the shutter speed, you have to again meddle with the other two settings to kind of uh, optimize the lighting in your scene. So on the iPhone specifically, or I, on smartphones, um, you definitely have access to these um, you know, exposure settings through apps like Pro Camera and Camera Plus. So definitely make use of that to get that perfect lighting in your scene because using auto, you're giving complete control of the lighting to the camera. You're, mm -hmm. not, you're not taking control of it. So the camera can just decide what's best for you. But if you decide better, then obviously it's a more intelligent decision, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. And that's going to make post-production editing a lot easier as well. If you get it, you know, the best photo you can possibly get. Because uh, that's one of the worst things is when you take the photo and it looks great yeah. on your phone. And then later on, you might put it on your, your laptop or your desktop and blow it up. And you're like, oh, no, that's it's too dark, you know, and, and exactly. I need to brighten it up. Yeah. <laughs> Have it exactly. a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And can we talk a little bit about um, the white balance for a second? Because I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. People, they end up with photos that are too gray or too yellow. Yeah. Is there a way around that? Yeah, so that's where I was, white balance is really important because you want to um, be true to the colors in your photo. So what happens uh, when the white balance is off is your photo starts looking more blue or more yellow, depending on the color cast that is on the photo. So that is the first thing is to, my recommendation is to use good lighting. So natural light or a really, really good artificial lighting kit that does not... Uh, you know, add any color cast to your photos and kind mm. of, uh, you know, put the white balance off. Uh, the second thing is um, not to have any other lights in your in your room on. So for example, some of us have tube lights and bulbs on while taking photos. And what happens is if you have these, uh, you know, tube lights or bulbs on, the yellow or blue light that they are casting, um, that can create a color cast in your photos. And you won't realize that until you take it to the laptop because on your phone it's looking fine because uh, that's the resolution and that's how you see it on the phone. But when you take it to the laptop is when you realize that, oh, all the photos have this blue tinge on them, which, mm. you, which you didn't want. So uh, first thing is while taking the photos itself, make sure to switch off all the other lights in your room and just use the natural lighting or the artificial lighting setup, just, just one of those. Um, and the second thing is, let's say by chance this happened and now you're on the computer um, <laughs> realizing that, okay, there is a um, you know color cast or the white balance is off, then you can use uh, editing to kind of fix the white balance in your photos. So most of the editing apps 
have this white balance of you know uh, edit uh, especially my favorite app to edit photos is snapseed and i love snapseed yeah it is so powerful like it's created by google itself so it's really powerful and it just takes like a minute or to to edit photos on snapseed easily so you can use the white balance edit feature on snapseed to quickly adjust the white balance and you know remove any color cast that's on your photo and is so snapseed is obviously on your phone can you use it on your laptop as well Snapseed, you can't, you know, it's exclusively on the phones. And uh, for iPhone photos, I definitely recommend editing on the iPhone 2 before bringing it to your laptop because I feel like the um, editing and taking photos on the iPhone, they just go so well together. It's very Mm -hmm. quick to edit photos on uh, your iPhone rather than bringing them into your laptop and opening up Photoshop or Lightroom and editing on them Uh, because Snapseed is just so powerful. It does an extremely good job anyway so it just saves you a lot of time and workflow you know while doing the editing on the phone itself absolutely so you can take your photos you can edit them right there in snapseed on your phone and then you know as a double check you can you can load them up and have a look how they look on your laptop and also multiple devices because obviously different devices show colors differently don't they so it's kind of helpful to have a look at your product photos on a couple of different devices and make sure it's as true to life as possible. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So are there some challenges with, um, you know, if you're taking using a DSLR, for example, you might put it on a tripod yeah. and, you know, uh, use a, a clicker or something because, like, I have shaky hands. Like, I've always right. had shaky <laughs> hands. Yeah. It's not anything wrong with me. I just have a slight shake in my hands. Right. So I find it, you know, it can be quite difficult sometimes to get a nice, clean, crisp shot, uh, especially with my jewellery because I'm kind of, I do like to move around and try lots of different angles and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, a complete pain in the butt to try to do that with a tripod. So I do freehand it. Sometimes I, I use a tripod. Um, yeah. But I know some of the, like the modern phones have like an anti-shake feature in them as well. Would you recommend putting that on? Um, yeah, um, you could use, I, I completely agree with the shaky hands thing, especially <laughs> Especially at the beginning, uh, when I was using I, the iPhone, I would shake a little bit and the flo- photos just turned blurry. So I completely understand. But um, my biggest thing would be to, my biggest suggestion would be to use a tripod like these really short ones you get. Um, you know, those l- small ones that you can just um, hold on to or just uh, attach onto the table. Um, yes, they're we- awesome. Yeah, especially for product photography, since anyway your scene is going to be all set up on the table, you can just fix the camera as well so that you don't have to keep worrying about it. But I agree about uh, changing the angles. And that is when you'll have to probably change your tripod um, placement a little bit. But yeah, using the tripod definitely helps, especially while you're t- trying to take uh, photos for your shop or Instagram. You want them to be really high quality and there's no place for messing uh, with the quality of the photos. So definitely use a tripod, uh, small tripods. I have a few recommendations. Again, I'll send them over to Jess so she can, <laughs> she can link. So a lot of resources coming up in this, um, I guess, show notes for the episode. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've got a, I've got a Joby tripod, one exactly. of those Gorilla Grip ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, really awesome because you can like attach them to things and hang them upside down if you need to. Like they're, yeah. they're really um, versatile. Yeah. Things. Great. Okay, so we've talked about, you know, a lot of the tech stuff, 
But there's so many more elements of these process about, you know, how to take really good product photos of your handmade goods. So let's talk a bit about, um, you know, positioning and styling, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, styling is where I guess the creative part of photography kicks in because especially for your product photos, you want to take photos that connect with your audience, right? So when Mm -hmm. somebody is uh, looking at the um, products in your shop, the only thing that they have is the product photos because they can't touch the product. They can't literally see the product in real. Um, And the only thing that you have with you as a tool to convince them about the quality of your products is photos. So you want to make sure your product photos are really connecting, relatable, and kind of, um, um, how how, how do I say it? It's like more persuasive in a good way, not in a bad way, but Mm. good. Yeah. In a a good way, it's persuasive for your customers. So using first thing, I think the, uh, First thing I would recommend when it comes to styling your photos is using good backgrounds and good props that kind of um, make your product, you know, look really good and highlight the best features of your product. So when it comes to background, I would say keep it really simple. Um, A good background is something that supports the product and brings out the best in it. Uh, A good background also provides contrast and makes the product pop against it. So if you're using a dark background and a dark product, they kind of um, blend in with each other and you can't really tell one from the other. So your product won't stand out. So if your product is more of a darker color, then I would recommend using a light background and vice versa. If your product is more light or white in color, then I would say use a dark background. So always make sure to use like clear, crisp backgrounds and make sure the scene is not looking really busy. Uh, Something Mm. like plain backgrounds are better when your product is really um, what like busy but uh not busy like when the product if if you want to focus more on the product i would say keep the background really simple and plain yeah yeah definitely like there's you know if your product has a lot of like colors and and shapes and design and detail and and texture you want to keep the background super plain yeah so that you your eyes focus on the product whereas if you have a super plain product you might want a background that's a little bit more textured because that will, again, the contrast of that will make your product stand out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, your background should accentuate and, you know, bring out and enhance the product more than taking away from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to styling, I'm a big fan of less is more, especially for actual product shots that are going in your shop. Like, pretty like styled photos that are going on Instagram or something or Mm -hmm. additional photos. You can, you can be a bit more uh, creative with those, but the main product photos, your, your product really needs to be the star of the show, right? Yeah, exactly. So for, uh, there are two main kinds of product shots that I talk about. One is the studio shot. The studio shot is the one you would use on your store just to show the product. And that one, you want to keep it as simple as possible. Keep it mainly focused on the product. Uh, But when it comes to style shots that you can use on Instagram and even on your shop, you can use it to just show how um, your customers can use it in their life, how it can add value to their life. In Mm. In those kind of shots, you can add a few props to tell the story of your product. So um, let's say you're, you know, um, your products are earrings or jewelry. You can show it in a little bit of a 
set up where probably like a makeup table or something mm. like that just to add context context to your product so if somebody looking at this photo will be more likely to connect because they understand like it, it can be on their um, dressing table and how it would add value to their life uh, by using you know the earrings that your uh, shop is selling so props also uh, again um, carefully choose them uh, adding a prop that does not add to the story in the photo um, it does not make sense if you use a random prop only if the props are kind of helping the product uh, in the picture that is when I feel it's a good prop uh, right yeah so yes yeah yeah, I, I think especially with a lot of beginner product photographers, they tend to over-style their product photos yeah. Um, yeah. just to kind of make it, like, look pretty. Like, they see these amazing flat lays and on Instagram or whatever and go, oh, yeah. I want to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to get, you've got to get it right. Like, you've, you've got to have the right eye for that. And that just comes with lots of practice, I think. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and not mixing up the two types of shots, as you said, the studio shot, where you want to show your product as clearly and cleanly as possible. And then the lifestyle shots, which is where you show your product in context and give people a feel for what it might look like in their life. Exactly, exactly. And just choose props that add to the story and not take away from the story of the product. Yeah, I like that. That's really nice. So we kind of segued away, but I want to get back to editing. What are some of the main sort of tips, the things that people need to look at in their editing of their photos? And I, I know you're probably going to agree with me here. I'm a big believer that every single product photo needs to be edited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so, but one thing I always talk about is that uh, editing can really help enhance and transform your photos. It can really take your photos to the next level. But if your photo was not high quality or good to begin with, then no amount of editing can fix a poor quality photo. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's just yeah. something you just have to give up and try again. Exactly. So yeah. I would say give a lot of attention and, um, you know, focus while taking the photo itself. Just make it the best it, it can be when you're taking it so that when you take it to the editing phase, it's more about enhancing uh, the photo than you're trying to fix the basics of the photo. Like, um, I don't know, the resolution, if the photo is blurry to begin with, what can you do? No amount of editing can make it a, really, <laughs> a great photo, right? So that is my biggest suggestion. But when it comes to editing itself, there are so many, so many different things you can do. Um, Again, my recommendation for editing uh, apps is like Snapseed. It's like the best one out there. I've tried millions of apps. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) There are millions of apps. If you just search editing on the iPhone, you'll go crazy with all the options that's presented to you. So using just one or two apps is my biggest suggestion. Don't trouble yourself with learning a lot of apps because it's just a waste of time. Snapseed is amazing and it's really powerful. It's like Photoshop for your phone. Um, so with Snapseed specifically, there are a few modules. They have a tune image module, right, Jess? Um, in that you have brightness, contrast, um, you know, shadows, highlights, those kind of things which you can edit. Um, that is the basic uh, module that I would start off with. Then you can go go to the brush module, which I really, really love in Snapseed. So when you open the brush ma- module, you can see there are four options for saturation, um, 
and um, exposure. Yeah, I love the exposure brush. So with mm. exposure, exposure brush, what you can do is you can set the value to 0.7. That is what I prefer. Usually it's between 0.3 or 0.7. You need to choose one of those. So 0.7 works best. And when after choosing 0.7, you just take your finger and start swiping over the photo. Okay, so mm. that, that kind of really brings... Um, this it just brightens the photo so much and it makes the background really clear and crisp and yeah light I, I, in the sense it just overall brightens the picture so I love that brush um, feature in Snapseed a lot um, that's so cool I've never actually like, I have Snapseed but I've never looked into that because I don't edit my product photos on my phone I edit like other photos on my phone so I'm definitely going to check that out now (laughs) yeah definitely check out the brush uh, module and even the saturation brush in that module uh, it's really really nice to add some color to your photos because sometimes if you've if you've taken it in too much light or something like that the Mm. colors might be looking slightly you know off faded so you can add the colors back by using the saturation brush it's amazing saturation and exposure brush I think those two are like my super secret weapons on Snapseed. You've heard it here, everybody. Super secret weapons. Go check them out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And if you, by any chance, um, you know, sometimes when you're taking photos on your iPhone, you cannot see very clearly uh, on, you know, that limited screen size. Mm. It's the same with even DSLR, actually, because the viewfinder is just so small, you can't see it. Um, So when you take it to the um, computer, you might see that there are small specks of dirt or dust in your photo that has crept in. Um, So what you can do for that is there's this feature called healing brush on Snapseed. So Mm -hmm. what you can do is you can just zoom into the photo to find that dust particle or whatever that unwanted thing that that has crept into your photo. And you can just tap on that after choosing the healing brush and it'll remove it. It'll just remove it so impeccably that it almost looks like there was nothing there before. So that is mm. one more feature I would recommend for product um, product photos. Yeah. That's so, it's so powerful, that healing feature. I mean, I use that on my photos all the time, especially yeah. if you have a dark, oh, dark backgrounds, man. They're so difficult, uh, <laughs> especially like on a table or whatever, because inevitably there will be dust or something on that. And when you zoom in, you can see it and you're like, oh no, it looks dirty, you know? So you can use that healing feature to fix Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, which is really, really helpful (laughs) rather than having to make sure you're in some sort of dust-free sealed environment. (laughs) Oh yeah, you can't ensure that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that really helps. And there's one more setting in the Tune image model. It's called Ambience. Um, that is a very nice um, feature too. You can increase it and decrease it on a slider and it really makes a world of difference to your photos in terms of the colors and lighting. So I love that one particular feature on Snapseed as well. It really makes a difference. I'm really, after talking about this, I'm like really excited to get some photos on there and have a play around <laughs> with all these new features that you've been yeah. talking about that I was oblivious to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you should let me know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I could do like a before and after. This is this is my photo before Sam. <laughs> this is my photo after. I think yeah. those sort of things are really interesting, actually, to see the amazing yeah. difference that editing can make, yeah, even yeah. to a good photo. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we. My goodness, we've covered a lot in this episode. Uh, <laughs> is there any? Are there any final tips or bits of info that people need to know about this whole process of of taking good product photos with their 
iPhones? Yeah. Uh, so the one thing that I always mention is the whole point of using uh, and talking about this whole ep- this whole episode is about taking high quality product photos. So you want to make sure that your photos are really high resolution. And to ensure that your photos are really high resolution, I have a couple of tips. So one thing is do not use the zoom feature on the iPhone, like mm. in the built-in camera app, especially because it does not use optical zoom. It uses digital digital zoom so instead of using um you know the optical zoom uh, which dslrs use the problem with iphones is it uses digital zoom so it starts cropping the photo uh, in order to get that zoomed in effect instead of actually zooming in you know what i mean yeah so, i do yeah. yeah it's basically just cutting off the the border it, of the picture exactly so that kind of decreases the pixels in your photo and thereby the resolution so that can make zooming can make your photos really grainy and low quality so don't use zoom instead zoom in with your feet go closer to your, <laughs> go closer to your product and take the photo that way um, that way that is uh, much more better and your resolution on your photos is preserved and the second thing is the iPhone has two cameras right one on the front and one on the back mm. uh, so the front camera is of a lower resolution when compared to the back camera so if you're uh, taking product photos uh, for your shop you definitely want to use the rear camera or the back camera because that has a higher resolution compared to the front one that you use for video calls and stuff like that so yeah yeah i I remember with my old samsung i used to have a samsung i think it was an s7 or something like that Uh Uh, and the the back camera was brilliant but the the selfie camera was just not great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly the selfie cameras aren't good yeah, uh, yeah whereas i have a i have an oppo now it's like a chinese brand um yeah and the two cameras are actually the same resolution uh-huh. the same the same mega, megapixels on the front and the back because okay. they've obviously realized that hey people want to take really high quality exactly. selfie style shots right yeah so, I guess I I hold out hope in future that uh, that will that will happen in all all smartphones. It'll make yeah. it a lot easier to to take those sort of, especially as a you know as a jeweler. You know, I want to take a photo of me like wearing exactly. jewelry or something, and it's just if I just want to quickly snap a photo, it's just easier if I can use a selfie camera because I can see what I'm doing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I completely understand. And also for like small items like, um, you know, jewelry and stuff where you want to get those details out, you can even add some clip-on lenses by some companies. A lot of companies make these clip-on lenses for your phones, uh, which give you those macro detailed shots as well. So you can try some of those lenses. Um, um, yeah, there, there's one company that I have lenses from Oloclip. Those were really good uh, for getting like these close-up shots of products, especially. So if your product are, product is really small, like you know jewelry, earrings, and those kind of really tiny things, then definitely look into these lenses. They are really helpful. Excellent. Yes, that's I've I've always seen them, but I've never actually tried them. So it's really nice yeah. to hear that some of them can actually be really. Uh, powerful and again we'll put a link to that in the show yes (laughs) yeah awesome well that was amazing so so informative thank you so much Chaitra for coming on the show today and sharing your very in-depth knowledge about product photography with the old smartphone yeah Uh, and I know that you have a little bit of a mini course about this Yes, uh, I do have a free five-day email course on product photography using your iPhone. So that course goes a lot more into detail about 
you know, whatever we spoke today, like, uh, you know, taking the photos, editing, uh, styling your photos and the different kinds of product photos you should be taking for your shop and ensuring high quality and all that good stuff. And it also has those, you know, like proper tutorials with the iPhone that teaches you exactly how to do these things step by step. So definitely check that out. I'll make sure to, uh, you know, add that in the, uh, add the link for that as well. Uh, with in Jess's show notes so that should be helpful hopefully you'll find that helpful I'm sure people will and of course they can also find that at your website yeah Pinkpot Studio yeah is that the best place for the people to find you yeah so my website is called uh it's pinkpot.com i-t-s-p-i-n-k pot.com so yeah and i'm also on pinterest and instagram so yeah uh, i think my website is like my main hub though you can find the email course you can find many other resources um, um for photography as well on the site excellent and you guys should go check it out because um her work is beautiful and of course you also do web design stuff as well so you know if that's something that people are um, in need help with then go check it out and don't miss that free course from Chaitra about basically what we talked about today, but in detail and you'll have it written down, which is nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today and coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with the Grand Thrive community. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jess. You have an amazing podcast here and a community. Uh, and I'm, I was, I'm really honored to be a part of it in this episode. Thank you so much. So are you inspired to head on out and take some amazing product photos with your phone? I hope so. I know I learned an, a lot from this episode. Chaitra really knows what she's talking about. And if you want access to all of those links and things that we talked about in the show, they're all in the show notes. So head on over to createandthrive.com, look for episode 170 and all of that information and those details are there. And of course, if you're on the mailing list, you're going to get an email with a link to it. So that makes life a lot easier for you. And if you're not, just head on over to thrivercircle.com and you'll find many opportunities to sign up and get on the Create and Thrive email list. And of course, don't forget to come and join us for the Handmade Business Bootcamp if you want to get clarity, focus, and a rock-solid plan for 2019 for your handmade business. This is going to help you do exactly that. Just head on over to thrivercircle.com slash bootcamp and you'll get access to the course for the price of one month of membership to my membership community for makers the circle and you'll get 21 lessons over three weeks access to me i'm going to be running a couple of facebook lives private facebook lives in the thriver circle throughout the course so you can pick my brain and of course you're going to have access daily to all the other amazing people who are in the circle who are really fired up and energized to make this a fantastic year for their business so that's thrivercircle.com forward slash bootcamp. I hope I'll see you there and I'll be back again next week with this brand new year of the Create and Thrive podcast. I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, especially to my long-term listeners for sticking with me and sending me so much amazing feedback. I love hearing from you guys. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you're enjoying the show and I've got so much more awesome content to bring you this year that will help you create and thrive in business. I'll catch you next week. Bye for now.